Hey, everybody. Welcome to Insufferable Bastards. <laughs> All right. So we are here to talk about this week on Insufferable Bastards, a subject we have beat to death. I should introduce my co-host, Mr. Brian Spears. Hello, Brian. Hello, hello. I'm Carlos Danger for the purposes of this broadcast. And our guest this week from the Music, Movies, and More podcast is Mr. Mike Lane. Hello, hey. Mike. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks for coming back. So we've talked about the Book of Boba Fett several times. We did like a mid-season recap. We did, you know, when they brought back uh, Luke Skywalker, we talked about that. What was the other big thing they brought back? The Mandalorian episode. They, that's right. When they brought back the Mandalorian, we talked about that. So basically, you're basically we are completely out of ideas. And so we just thought, well, why don't we talk about the last episode of well, we one. also figured uh Pina Comics have now become a, a horror podcast, so we're switching with them and doing more pop culture and more like comic book type stuff. Yeah, Pina Comics, by the way, another podcast based in Connecticut, they have a Patreon of which I am a patron for 250 a month. You can get early access. I listened to the Cloak and Dagger episode, remember that old Henry Thomas oh. movie. Oh kind my! Violent, I saw uh, that on a yeah. I didn't. I didn't watch the movie either. Oh, it's not about the cloak and the dabby. No, Clinton? it is. It is. Oh, it is. I saw that on a double feature with Gremlins back in the day oh, in, wow. the, in the movie theater. Yeah. Oh, that's a lot of inappropriate stuff for uh, that. PG was the thing back in the day. Yeah. PG was a little strong. I don't, maybe it was PG thirteen. I don't know. I'd have to listen to the rest of the episode to figure that out. But yeah, I, you know, John, Sir John, not Sir John, uh, Johnny Amenta formerly known as Johnny Ganache. I thought he mentioned at some point in February he was going to have me on, Pine of Comics. I could have swore he said, I've been like searching, my, but maybe I imagined it or I read something wrong, but it's now February 11th and I've, I've got no invite. Nothing. No invites? Nothing. So Just unfair, just unfair. I, I don't know what to say about that. But, okay, so episode seven, something about honor. Does anybody remember the name of the episode? Of course, you guys didn't bother to do it. Yeah, thanks a lot. Mm -hmm. But uh, it was the first season, season finale. I guess we should start off and just go around the show overall. How would you grade it if you were a high school teacher, if you were or Walter White from uh, Breaking Bad, the chemistry teacher in high school? How would you rate this? A, B, C, D, or F? Brian, what do you give it? C the whole minus. C, the, whole, the whole thing. C minus. C minus. Mr. Mike Lane? Uh, B minus. It was, it was okay. Not bad. I'd give it a C. All right, now let's talk about this particular episode. I mean, I'll just say I would also give the last episodes, last episode of season one, a C as well. Brian, what would you give it? Probably the same thing. Uh, I give it a B because there were some cool moments, uh, and overall, it was it was all right. I when the show ended, I was like, oh, okay, that was all right. It didn't kind of stick with me. And that's pretty much, I think, the critical consensus from what I've read. The reaction to this show has just been a simple shrug of the shoulders. That happened. Okay, when's the Mandalorian coming back? <laughs> and before we went live, uh, Mike was reading I, I think, a, a long I think, but, uh, review by Glenn Baisley, uh, independent filmmaker who used to be on this podcast. He just couldn't take it anymore. And I, I Glenn, I thought a lot of what he was saying hit it on the head. He, he was taking apart this episode and Glenn, we'd have you on, but you'd say no. But I just wanted to note that. All right, Brian, what'd you say? Nothing. Go on. So I was reading earlier 
Okay, Vulture, that uh, magazine or online magazine. I don't know anymore. Do magazines even exist? I don't know. This guy, Keith Phipps, said, this episode has everything. It's fun. It's also a little exhausting and confirms what's been increasingly apparent as the series has progressed. There's not that much going on beneath the laser blasts. And that's another perfect summation of it. I think, and Brian, you had said this or alluded to this in a message you sent over Facebook Messenger, what happened to Robert Rodriguez? He directed this last episode. And this last episode, it's hard to review because, I mean, if you want us to do, a lot of podcasts like to go through every single thing that happened. They do a recap as if you didn't watch it for yourself. They go through it line by line. And to do that with this, all you're doing is going pew, 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 pew. The whole episode is one big action sequence that, I hate to doesn't say it work. Does not work, Brian. What were your problems with it in terms of the action? Right. It, it's a. It's the first time in the Star Wars world of recent that I really feel, especially the John Favreau and uh, Dave, whatever Filoni, Filoni era. This is the first time I felt it looked like a set. Yeah, the set wasn't too big, big enough for the action, and it was really. Not well staged, no better than an A-team episode. I half expected Mr. T or George Fapard to come up at the very end. And instead of like kids giving Boba Fett apples, it would have been George Fapard. Like, didn't you love it? A plan came together. Here's a tomato, Black Chewbacca. It it was just so uneventful, staged, so horrible, horrible. It, re- it reminded me of like a stunt show at Knott's Berry Farms. That's a very good point. It, it drove me nuts that there's action happening where people are shooting across like uh, these alleyways. But then the characters that, you know, oh, that guy's coming back into this scene. They just come down the middle of the street, like through all those bullets. It, like none of it made sense. Those cyborg or whatever those idiots kids are. Like they were doing twirls when they're shooting guns that just didn't make sense. Like, fine, spoiler. I mean, I guess we we get that yeah. out of the way, but like oh yeah, we should say spoiler, 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 there, spoiler. There's the rancor was about 20 minutes too long. And then like, it goes on for a little too long. Well, that's it's like, too oh, long. Lord. I don't think the scene was 20 minutes. That was part of my joke, you know, 20 minutes too long. It wasn't 20 minutes, and that felt like forever, forever, and it wasn't that good. It got too marvelized for me. Like oh, I've read that too. Yeah, where it's just like, indiscriminate what, shooting. What does these stupid things with the force fields? Couldn't it have just been these weird people want to keep their spice in there, and they have just more people? It's Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. It's people shooting their way. At, they never had to leave the one building. They all could have been in the same building, and the action would have been. It's about uh, like rip off John Carpenter, you know Robert Rodriguez, which is what you've done your pretty much your entire career. It's also it was, a, it was a dumb uh, set piece for a Western. I pulled this clip yeah. from this guy every day, Eric, on YouTube. And I just thought this one part of it uh, personifies what a lot of people felt. I guess. I don't know. Uh, how do, I don't know wh- how, exactly how I feel about this episode. Neither do oh. I, Eric. Uh, I thought a major problem with the final set piece, you know, the big climactic gunfight, essentially. And this is a Western, right? This is the book of Boba Fett has really built itself up as a Western, maybe even more so 
than the Mandalorian because, you know, Westerns can tend to be slow. Mm -hmm. And if you go back and watch the good, the bad, and the ugly, that is, that doesn't move like a freight train, but there's purpose to that. When you stuff like a hundred man army or alien army with the rolling robots and their force fields versus like Boba Fett and at least, I guess, what, 50, 20 people, yeah. the, the people who came in from, from the, uh, the other town, the free town. With slingshots, you know what I mean? They're shooting slingshots compared to well, robots. If you're going to do something, yeah, that worked in like Game of Thrones. I wasn't a huge fan of Game of Thrones, but it was like, I think second season, they had the Battle of Blackwater Bay with like mm, the green yeah. fire stuff. And I was like, wow, that was a really good action sequence big you know a big battle but it to me this didn't make sense in the context of a western you know the the good the bad the ugly ends it has one of the greatest endings of all time it's three characters facing off against each other the wild bunch has a great ending because it's a small group of cowboys going on a suicide mission they take on an entire army you know the magnificent seven is the is a same thing you you know i think we played we had better plots, better climactic shootouts, like playing in a sandbox with the original Star Wars Kenner characters as kids. Yeah. Then this last episode of the book of Boba Fett pulled off. Even like modern Westerns, like Way of the Gun, where it, you know, it's an it's an homage to Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, like clever stuff happens of, you know, Ryan, what's his name, diving in that yep. pile of broken glass and this had none of that. No. You, and, it, and it literally, like you're saying, a lot of it didn't make sense. I couldn't get past, okay, so you have these robots that look like something out of that Paul Verhoeven, uh, whatever the hell that movie was. Robocop. No, no, the killer bug one. The killer oh, bug. Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers, right? They kind of look like that with their sharp claws. And, okay, you're supposed to be really scared of them. But then Boba Fett, and the Mandalorian could just sort of step out of the way of the laser at one point. They're just like, oh, he's going to shoot. Oh, they would just literally step aside and the thing would miss them. Like, well, are they are they powerful or not? Like at one second they were they were chasing the whole town. They couldn't keep up with, you know, little Yoda. I don't know. It made it made no sense. And again, it was Robert Rodriguez directing an action sequence. Like, why don't they just keep the final shootout? You got Boba Fett. You got Mando Fennec. I think that's her name. I don't know if I'm yep. saying that correctly. Yep. You got black Chewbacca, you got the two Gamorrean guards and that's it. And they have to battle out and come up with some clever way to defeat this massive horde of people. Instead of just making this, like you said, like a Marvel, we've seen it a million yeah. times yeah. where they're just wrecking buildings for no reason. Uh, I mean, you think, what, what, let me look it up. What the hell was the Clint Eastwood? Is it for a few dollars more? Fistful of dollars. The ending of that, that's the one where Eastwood Tells the guy. The oh, oh, no, that's not. The no, that's the High Plains right? Drifter. OK, this this is the Spaghetti Westerns before that. Eastwood shows up, man with no name, and he tells Ramon, always aim for the heart. Roman, uh, whatever the hell his name is, Ramon, always aim for the heart. And the dude keeps shooting him in the heart and Eastwood keeps getting. And then he reveals that he has a huge chunk of uh, metal protecting his uh, you know, armor. Something like that's a that's a tradition in these Westerns. And the fact that this completely. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a spaghetti Western, the book of Boba Fett. And to not do that was just so disappointing. But again, in line with the fact that this show has been a mess other than 
one, possibly two episodes that didn't feature Boba Fett. So we're not saying anything new here, but yeah, it was, it's just been frustrating to watch. And where's the grit? It's if it's okay, supposed to be a Western set in a desert town. It's one of the cleanest desert towns. Where's the grittiness of it? It's supposed to be a pretty downtrodden atmosphere and it's kind of clean uh, down to the speeder bikes of the the kids who are the mods on the um you know with with their their body parts they are i, I mean and not only did uh the speeder bikes are annoying and they're clean and they're colorful but then they had the one guy who looked like he stepped out of harry potter there was yeah. one guy who looked like harry potter i don't know who it was and i don't care yeah. i don't want anyone to comment or tell me who that was that was jar jar blinks as far as i'm concerned <laughs> Like, like, like where's, where's like the, I was hoping for like a Deadwood kind of grittiness to it. Like some, some dirt. Cause you're in a desert with sand and I didn't see any sand. On anything or anything. Yeah. You know, and they did have, and Brian, like you said last week, well, the one guy looks like Lee Van Cleef. It's Lee. And I guess oh, I read what a literally, wasted. it's literally yeah. supposed to be Lee Van Cleef. That is like, oh, really? it's supposed to look like him. Yeah. That is clearly, that was the whole uh, vibe they went for Lee Van Cleef. Oh, wow. All right. So I and what a waste. Of... You're exactly right. To, to have... And what a waste. Because listen, guys, the way that should have ended is they, sh they should have not. No one should have died in that. They said, well, it, they should have stopped it or whatever. Some either a fight or what have you. They should have respected each other as a bounty hunter and said, this isn't the last time I'll see you. So we mano a mano BS that we're all and craving. The so show needed more toxic masculinity. The other thing, and this is a very small point, but okay, so last week, you know, Lee Van Cleef shot uh, uh, Timothy Oliphant, yes. right? Uh, whatever, the guy from Justin, Deadwood, right? What's, what was Deadwood. his name on Deadwood? I'm sorry. Rylan Givens. No, 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 that no. wasn't, no, no. That uh, was Justified. Uh, he's like whatever the, same the hell his name is. Every show. Right, he's the same dude. And even in like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he was essentially the dude yeah. from Deadwood. Uh, but okay. So I know I said in one of our previous episodes, this is in the future, So, but I forgot Bullock, it's a long Bullock, time ago. Bullock, Bullock, Bullock. Seth, Seth Bullock? Bullock. Bullock, okay, all right, let's go with that. I don't know. I'll Seth have to Bullock. Edit it. But like it's a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. But okay, so you're telling me they're calling in these reinforcements. You know, the Mandalorian had just built his spaceship and all that good stuff, gave Yoda or baby Yoda the little doll clothes. And then he leaves, and then five seconds later, Lee Van Cleef shows up and shoots the dude from Justified. They couldn't have somehow made a phone call, and yeah. <laughs> they didn't. That somehow didn't make it through the uh, the communication lines. Like I just was like, what? And then I guess, and this has been said many times, and I might have been, I might be even plagiarizing something I read. I don't see it written in front of me, but uh, again, and we said this in the past, Boba Fett is the worst crime lord I've. He's just terrible. Like, like what are these people going to do now? So he's like, I don't want you running uh, drugs in my uh, in my neighborhood. No drugs in my neighborhood. What what did he what are you doing for these people? There's nothing there. Like, he's, what are you doing? He, he seems more of like a sheriff or or a marshal instead of a that they don't really lord. need. <laughs> yeah, or Gandhi. He's trying to be Gandhi now. He got he got Jennifer Beals blown up. It doesn't make any sense. It would have been they would have been so much better. If Boba Fett just never showed up. Now now, that could have been a good angle where if he stops the flow of spice, but now people aren't making money because they don't sell the spice. And at least you can have something something like that. The um, problem is Boba Fett's not. He's like a, he's trying to be like not a good guy, like your grandpa. Like, that's <laughs> the problem. Like, he's not like he went from being a ruthless bounty hunter, work for hire, 
possible, you know, killer, you know, whatever smuggler to now he's just like, no, let's just make this a nice utopia town. He's like a, a cult leader. I don't get it. Like, I don't get like he needs like rip beat Walter White a little bit, you know, have the the good guy and the bad guy in there. He has none of that. None of that conflict. It's I like read he, I read somewhere he's he's a Disney father. Essentially, he's been Disney oh, fired right. and he's okay. a Disney dad. Uh, that might have been geeks. I wish I had written that down. Maybe it was the den of geek or something like that. Another thing I thought, like, <laughs> just at the end of it, he says there again, him and Fennec are walking down Main Street like they've done countless times on this freaking show. And he says, quote, I tried to pull the clip. I don't have time. We are not suited for this. Yeah, you're not, dude, because yeah, you, you made us sit through seven episodes of this. You are not suited. Go do something else. And she says back to him, if not us, then who? And people are alluding to what's going to be. I don't know. It's going to be what's his name? Uh, you know, the guy from Deadwood. It's going to be a bullock oh, uh, gets out of his bath. Uh, I, I, I don't even care, though. But yeah, but I thought that line was just perfectly suited because, like I said, the people are worse off under Boba Fett's rule than they were before because they have no economy from what it seems and the spice whatever it is i don't even understand what it is or what it does or why it's so bad is gone because boba fett doesn't want to run through his land so i i don't know it's very disappointing i don't even understand how and, and again mike was reading that glenn Baisley thing saying this was rushed and it definitely feels like that uh you know everyone's calling it mandalorian 2.5 so there's just they they really they mess this up. I mean, still at the end of the day, I watched every episode. Yeah, and it was a nice way to spend thirty minutes. You know, it wasn't, it was fine, but I didn't get that. And also, why why weren't the force field robots sent first? <laughs> right. Why why put all the people? Send them all send the robots first. But also, like. <sighs> Every it also force- had one of those things. This hit every a bunch of episodes of this show. Brian and I mentioned it, where they have somebody who walks off screen. Yeah, I don't just- know. Did you see? It was Lee Van Cleef when he goes to yep. visit Boba Fett. He's like, ah, by the way, I know who killed your friends. Ha ha. And then there's a shot, and he walks like an extra three steps. Like, why are they showing this guy walk off? And where's he going? Ah, I gotta go. I gotta go feed the meter. I'll be back with my robots. And I remember when, when you reviewed a previous episode, you actually referred to, I, I would read the Roger Ebert books all the time and the fruit cart. What? When that I one, saw that I've episode. I got it right there. That's what 1990 yeah. is right there. Yeah, I thought fruit cart. And then also yeah. the, fallacy, the fallacy of the talking killer. Why don't you just kill someone instead of giving a speech? If you didn't yeah. give the speech, you would have killed the person and that would have been it. But but they literally had a fruit cart in the episode. It's, it's like, I don't know if Rodriguez is doing that or whoever directed it on purpose. That was Rodriguez, a, that yeah. one, yeah. Yeah, as an homage to Ebert, or he's just doing it, just, hey, let's just add a fruit cart because, you it know, it's annoying. wing, wing, nudge, nudge. I don't know. It was know, annoying. So I, also, I also want to know how many, like, 45-year-old men are now buying a Rancor monster with Boba Fett on top of it as a uh, toy that'll be sitting on their shelf now, too. That You know that's coming out oh. this Christmas. That's going to be all over the uh, yeah the yeah. conventions now. It'll be everywhere. You would think of that. Yeah, and, like it's cool that Boba likes animals and you know they 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 appeal to him. But oh, no, like, it's not like explain why. Explain why. Give us a reason why he's so close to the rancor. He just all of a sudden says, "Hey, you're my rancor." All right. 
you know, at least give us a reason for that. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of, I thought it was like, oh, cool, he's got the rancor, because I, I didn't really see that coming. I totally forgotten about that. But like we said at the start of the broadcast, the rancor fights, kind of does okay. It's doing some stuff. Does its King Kong moment. That's, That's yeah. what I didn't get. Ugh. When when the battle's over, all of a sudden he's having a temper tantrum. Like, where was Boba Fett during that? Why didn't Boba Fett yeah. go, hey? Like, why did, he had what to the go, hell was going on there? He was in that chamber getting his teeth whitened real quick so, so he could get eat that. some apples with kids. Where's Boba Fett? And we have this whole wasted thing where the, the Rancor monster tries to bite uh, the Mandalorian's head off. I'm like, what is going on here? And also, I guess, you know, there were rumors that were not true that Han Solo was supposed to show up yeah. somehow, which I thought would have been pretty cool looking back. Also, I thought maybe Grogo had his like whatever weekend uh, training with uh, Luke Skywalker. I thought he'd be a little more bad at it. Maybe he would do something. I thought he was going to pull out. He's like, oh, let me see that dark saber, man. Oh, and then I don't know. Yeah. But he just did again. How many times have you seen Grogu do the Ooh, oh, I'm real tired yeah. and take a nap? Like that's done. I don't want to see that in the Mandalorian anymore. Either have him advance or keep him a baby or whatever. Yeah, yeah, because that's really frustrating. Because I just figured, all right, he showed up and boom, that's the one guy that's gonna knock everything down. Yeah. Like because I really wanted it to be like kind of like what you guys said in the beginning, the just that small group of people in that burnt out building. We're gonna die. Yeah, it, right. Like, Assault yeah, on precinct 13, yeah, Rio Bravo. Needed- yeah. And then you, if you want Yodo and Mando to save the day, because they did end the series series pretty much. You know what I mean? That's how much confidence you have in Boba Fett. You're pretty much showing Mandalorian fly off on his next adventure. Um, but like, I just, I, I wished everyone did more in this. Every character deserved a little bit more. Like the fact every, that, like, know, I thought, that, you know, Amy Sedaris was probably the strong, one of the strong, like, I like, you know, I spend more time with her. The fact that she's some type of sexual deviant or, or at least has a really open <laughs> mind. Like, what is that about? But she's more interesting than Boba Fett. <laughs> All right. So for uh, Insufferable Bastards, my name is Carlos Danger. That was Brian Spears, special effects makeup artist, and Mike Lane of the Music, Movies, and More podcast. And I guess we will uh, see you next time, you bastards.